Welcome to the Transition to Medicare podcast, brought to you by Giardini Medicare. In each episode, we will take a look at a specific Medicare topic that will help you avoid making mistakes and reduce your stress when navigating the Medicare system. Perhaps the most important decision you will make when transitioning to Medicare is whether or not you will want to enroll in a Medigap plan or Medicare Advantage plan. In today's episode, we will highlight how Medicare Advantage and Medigap plans work so that you can better understand which option may be right for you. But before we start that, we're going to remind everybody here that we operate Giardini Medicare, which is an independent insurance agency. We are based out of Southeast Michigan. Although we're based in Michigan, we do work virtually and over the phone to help consumers in about 13 states find the right Medicare coverage for them. Even if you choose not to work with us, we are confident that the information in today's podcast will help you have a successful and stress-free transition to the Medicare system. And before we talk about Medigap versus Medicare Advantage, just a brief housekeeping note. Whenever we talk about Medigap plans, we are talking about Medicare supplement plans. A lot of times we found it confusing where people think Medicare Advantage is the same as Medicare supplement, just using that terminology. So we always just try to say Medigap instead. So just for the duration of this episode, we'll say Medicare Advantage or Medigap. So you know, they're two different things. But before we even talk about Medigap versus Medicare Advantage, we need to talk about what you have to have in place with the government before you can make that decision. And what you have to have in place is original Medicare. So what we mean by original Medicare is you would have to have both Part A and Part B in place once you decide to enroll in a Medigap plan or a Medicare Advantage plan. And just to reiterate there, it's really important to understand that those two pieces, Part A and Part B, are done with the government, okay? Those are not done with insurance agents. It is the foundation, though, that you're going to need when you do pivot over to working with an insurance agent, okay? So I'll briefly go through what Part A and Part B are going to get you from the government. Part A, it's hospital coverage. So when you sign up or enroll in Part A, you're going to receive hospital coverage. You're going to have some deductibles, coinsurance, potentially, things like that. I'm not going to get into the details, but just know that they're going to come with those types of requirements, okay? But you're basically getting coverage for for hospitalizations or some home health care, hospice coverage, and things like that, okay? So part A, skilled nursing, great point. That skilled nursing is is a really important part of uh, part A coverage. Part A generally is going to be no premium charge to people. Most people are going to qualify for no premium, no further premium part A coverage. So let's pivot over to Part B. Part B coverage is medical insurance uh, provided to you from um, the government, our original Medicare. Okay, so you've got Part A, Part B. Part B is the doctors, the you know physician, the CAT scans, the dermal medical equipment, things like that. A lot of things that people are used to from being pure medical coverage. There is always a premium for Part B coverage unless people have Medicaid. Okay, that's a situation where you might not have a premium. But most people are going to pay a premium to the government. The base premium this year is $170.10. But again, you're going to have to consciously enroll in these two parts of Medicare, Part A and Part B, in order to be able to come to an agent to get your further coverage. Okay, so this is the starting point, all right? We're not going to, again, dive into too much of this because we want to really build on the foundation here of Medigap and Medicare Advantage. Yeah. And Joanne just talked about the fact that you do have to have Part A and Part B in place. So just briefly, we will talk about what Part A and Part B, which again is original Medicare, what it does not 
cover. Because if we are going to talk about what Medigap plans and Medicare Advantage plans do cover, it's important to understand what Medicare itself does not cover. And what that comes down to is going to be most routine dental services, routine vision services, hearing services, as well as some other perks or things you might see like gym memberships or prescription drug coverage. Now the first coverage we'll talk about is Medigap. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to talk about one option and then the other. So the first choice that we'll start with is Medigap plans. Remember, after you have A and B in place with the government, then you're going to go to an insurance agent. You're going to have two choices. After you enroll in original Medicare, you're going to either get a Medicare supplement, which again, remember, we're going to call Medigap, or you get Medicare Advantage. But let's dive into the Medicare supplement, the Medigap side of things first. I'm going to give you a little overview of what that is. What a Medigap contract is literally is a, an insurance contract that helps fill the gaps that are left over by original Medicare. Okay, so it's an insurance policy that's just going to fill those gaps. Remember, I did talk about coinsurance, things like that. So what these contracts will do is fill those in for you so that you're not paying those dollars. You're Instead, you're going to be paying an insurance premium to an insurance company. Okay. And, yeah, With, when Joanne says gaps here, she's really talking about the 20% you often hear about Medicare not covering. So that's hence the term Medigap. Right. The other thing that when you buy this Medigap contract, in addition to paying that 20%, they're going to give you freedom, okay? You have freedom to choose providers. And I always, when we talk to people, when you think of Medicare being the government, the government then essentially is that network, okay? So therefore, you gain freedom to choose providers. And any provider in the United States that accepts Medicare, any facility, surgical center, et cetera, when they take Medicare, they're going to take your Medigap contract because- this follows original Medicare. So again, that's why that a base of understanding that it really follows A and B comes into play. So you've got freedom to choose those providers. Another perk that people like about Medigap is that you rarely, rarely will come across the requirement of prior authorization. Okay, it's very rarely needed. Original Medicare is your primary insurance. They make the coverage decisions. Okay, so your Medigap contract when you think of coming out of like group insurance and things, so many people are just really trained to think of, you know, hey, do you take my Blue Cross product? You're, you know, or going to that carrier of United Healthcare and saying, hey, can I get this done, the surgery, things like that. You're not going to have that when you have original Medicare followed or paired up with a Medigap contract. Okay. So it's very different than what you're probably used to if you're coming out of the group setting. And in addition to the freedoms and choice that Joanne was just talking about, there are important things to understand beyond that. And one of those is especially the fact that prescription drug coverage is not included with Medigap coverage. It's not included with Medicare itself, like I just talked about. But you can also get prescription drug coverage as a separate policy from an insurance company in the form of Part D. And then lastly, Medigap plans do typically come with higher premiums, but lower out-of-pocket cost potential when compared to Medicare Advantage plans. And potential, we should probably just point out here too, that it comes down to usage, right? So a lot of times... When we say potential, that's what that word means. If you have somebody that is very ill and they purchase a Medigap contract, it can be a great thing and keep those costs down, okay? So, you know, there's a little bit of a kind of flexible latitude or flexibility or latitude there. So I know Joanne had just hit on the fact that Medicare is your primary coverage when it comes to having Medigap plans. So I'll just talk briefly about how the billing will work when you have a Medigap plan. So the first thing is if you go for services, whether it's to the hospital or to the doctor, they're going to bill Medicare as your primary coverage. 
And then after that, there is a process called a crossover that happens on the back end. So you don't actually see this happen. However, what happens is Medicare and CMS, they will send the remainder of your cost or your bill to your Medigap insurance company. And then because they are your secondary coverage, as long as Medicare pays their primary portion, they will pay the secondary amount that they owe for the services. So if they're to cover the 20%, they would pay their 20% portion after this crossover is performed. And then you'll get a bill for any service or any procedure that you still owe an amount for. So the reason that's important is because Medicare is your primary coverage. That means if you're going to a doctor, you don't have to say, do you take blank insurance company? Do you take XYZ insurance company? Instead, you just have to say, do you take original Medicare? If they say yes, and they're willing to treat you and see you as a patient, then they will also have to take your Medigap company. Yeah, that throws so many people off. It really, they're so used to, like we said, we're, they're trained from 40 years being on employer insurance, right? And do you take my XYZ company? So when they get to, you know, purchasing a Medigap plan, sometimes this is all very kind of foreign to them, but it does, trust us, it works. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not something you're used to, but it's a positive change. <laughs> so it that's is. the good part. It really, really is. I'll talk a little bit about, so when you want to find out too, we get this question a lot, what does a Medigap plan cover? Well, it covers the same services that original Medicare is going to cover. So again, just like Cameron explained, the information, the billing, everything is going to go to original Medicare first. That's why you're always asking, do you take original Medicare? And they're going to cover things that are medically necessary, okay? You can't go get cosmetic surgery just because you want to. They are going to be medically necessary. People sometimes think Medicare will cover everything, but we've had people cam like the uh, scooters after you get a knee replacement, right? You know, they want certain scooters that, yeah, they're nice, but they can be considered a little bit frivolous, right? They're not medically necessary. So don't assume Medicare is going to cover everything, but it does cover a lot, okay? And your Medigap plan is going to cover things like the co-pays, the co-insurance deductibles that are that are going to be left. And that depends on which plan you buy, okay? It doesn't mean mm-hmm. all Medigaps are going all those things, but that's when we get into plan letters. And uh, the two most popular plans today are plan G and plan N. They're alike in some ways, they're different in other ways. So you've got a multitude of plans. You've got today Plan G, Plan N are the most popular of plans. In the past, it was more like a Plan F and a Plan C. They do shift over time as to popularity, if you will. But Plan G and Plan N are similar in some ways, and they have a couple of differences. We're not going to get into those details right here. We could have a different episode on Plan G versus Plan N for you that we'll talk about later. And we certainly will have another episode that dives into that in more detail, as well as Medigap in more detail. But what Joanne was basically saying is that the different plan letters, and I know it's really confusing because we already talked about Part A and Part B, and now all of a sudden we're throwing out Plan G and Plan N and just a whole alphabet soup you hear about with Medicare. But understand that each plan letter, it's just a way to say which plan you have and what portion of the 20% left by Medicare that it covers. So just as a really quick example, Plan G, to go back to those out-of-pocket costs we were talking about, it really covers everything that Medicare doesn't cover after you meet a $233 Part B deductible for the year. So if you pay $233 for the year of 2022 for Medicare-covered services, you won't have any further out-of-pocket costs for Medicare-approved procedures for the rest of the year. So. Once you have a Medigap plan in place, you have to have prescription coverage. So remember back that Cameron said prescription coverage is not included in part of original Medicare, which it's not. It's also not included in Medigap. Okay. So then what is Part D? Well, Part D is the prescription drug plan. It's a standalone insurance policy provided by private insurance companies. It comes with a separate monthly premium. 
and separate costs. And you're going to have out-of-pocket costs depending on what drugs you take. That's going to dictate what you're going to pay annually for your medications, okay? So this is designed to help you cover most of the costs or some of the costs. I shouldn't even say most in some cases. because Certainly people, not all. <laughs> people do actually pay sometimes lots and lots of money for their Part D. Some take, you know, a couple hundred a year. Some are 10000 a year. So just don't expect that you have an insurance plan. If it's $12 a month, do not expect it to pay 100% of all your costs, okay? That's really super clear. You know, I hope you clearly understand that, you know, just buying a Part D plan is not going to mean you get free medications. Yeah, and that's actually a good point. Just for everything, anything you hear when it comes to Medicare and anything we talk about, you'll always hear the word coverage. And just remember, coverage is not full coverage. So just because something is covered or you have coverage for something, it doesn't mean you're not paying anything. It typically just means a portion of it will be covered and then you pay whatever's left. So at the end of the day, when you put all these things together, what are you going to have? You're going to have original Medicare. Remember, that's the government part A and part B. You're going to have a Medigap contract with an insurance company. There's lots of carriers that offer these contracts. And then you're going to have a separate insurance card, and it's going to be Part D for your drug. So you're actually going to have three cards, which is probably one of the biggest complaints about this really good insurance package, but you're going to have multiple cards. You're going to have your red, white, and blue Medicare card. You're going to have a Medigap card from an insurance company and that prescription coverage insurance plan card. Okay, so three cards nice package, but that's the Medigap route to getting your coverage. Yeah. And in case we didn't make it obvious, we are obviously insurance agents. So this is where a broker or an independent agent can help you find the Medigap plan or Part D plan of your choice, as well as even Medicare Advantage that we're going to talk about. Just remember, an independent agent can help you compare all of the options from the dozens of insurance companies out there to make sure you pick a plan that fits your needs. And then now that we kind of talked about the overall package of Medigap plans and what it looks like, I just want to give you a brief example of the cost that you can expect, at least the monthly cost. Again, out-of-pocket can vary pretty greatly based on your specific needs. So briefly, I'll just use the pricing we have for somebody that is age 65 in Metro Detroit that chooses a Plan G and Part D to go with their Medicare coverage. Their Part B, you're looking at $170.10 per month at the base rate, unless you do make a certain amount more in income that can impact it. But again, we'll go with the base rate is $170.10. The Plan G that we use as an example is about $125 per month. Again, that is for a 65-year-old. And if you're older than that, the price will definitely increase and the price will increase over time as well. And then Part D, you're looking at about $33 on average as the national premium. Of course, that is the average, so your premium could be higher or lower. But with all that said and done, you're looking at about $330 per month out-of-pocket if you go the Plan G route. And then Plan N is very similar. I'll skip over everything else because the Part B cost is the same. The Part D would also be the same. You're really just changing the Medigap price at that point. So in this example, it would be about $100 per month for the Plan N. You'll kind of see that nationally, that Plan N is about $20 to $25 less than Plan G per month. And that will bring your total to about $300 per month when you add everything together. So pros and cons, you know, from Medigap, here's what we hear. 
and see as pros. No networks. That's always a plus when people don't want to be, you know, confined to a network in their mind or reality. Lower out-of-pocket costs, like I mentioned early on, right? If you're ill, um, a lot of times Medigap can give you a lower out-of-pocket cost if you're struggling with a cancer or something, you know, pretty costly, if you will. No prior authorization, like we mentioned earlier too. And these are guaranteed renewable contracts. What that means is if you get ill, nobody can take that away from you. You continue to pay your premiums. No one can take that away. Okay. So that's really important. These are contractual contracts because they are policies. Okay. Here's some downsides. Cameron's going to run through the downsides because there's always a, a minus to a plus. Yeah. Medigap plans are certainly not perfect as much as some people will tell you they are. So the cons are, as we mentioned, they do have a higher monthly premium when you compare them to Medicare Advantage plans. There's really no denying that. Uh, they do have limited extra benefits as well. So you're probably familiar with all the advertisements about dental, vision, hearing, gym memberships, all of that. That is really not going to be included in most Medigap policies, as well as there is separate prescription coverage. So you'll still have prescription coverage with Part D, but it can be a hassle having that separate. It is a separate premium. So that is another con with Medigap plans. Lastly, another con is that there are premium increases, like I mentioned with Medigap plans. Your premium can and will increase with a Medigap plan as you get older. Okay, now we're going to look at a completely different option you have when you start Medicare. And instead of talking about Medigap like we just did, we're going to talk about Medicare Advantage, which is often referred to as Part C. Okay, so Part C. If you actually look at the Medicare New Handbook, it's an all-in-one alternative to original Medicare. Okay, these are bundled alternatives to original Medicare. They are provided by private insurance companies. Okay, and so they're typically bundling Part A and Part B services and Part D drug services as well. Okay, and the federal government actually funds these plans, if you will, to the uh, paying the insurance companies to offer these plans. They're usually going to require you to use in-network providers to have best cost. Not that you can't go out of network, but you're going to have better cost when you stay in-network. You can have large networks. We're going to run through some of that. You can have small networks. Prior authorization, it might be required, okay? don't. It's not a big, scary thing, but it could come into your world if you... Don't like prior authorization, maybe you want to avoid something like this, but it might happen, okay? Extra benefits. Cameron just referenced, you know, the dental, the vision. There's some over-the-counter benefits. There's a lot of things that are extra benefits that are not covered by original Medicare that these all-in-one alternatives can offer you because, again, they're run by private insurance companies, so the insurance companies can decide what to put into the packaging. And lower monthly premiums. Again, there's no denying that these are lower monthly premiums, and that doesn't mean lower monthly cost. It just means actual premium. So remember, that's premiums exchanged to an insurance company. They will be lower than mm -hmm. Medigap plans. Yeah. And we both kind of alluded to it that these are alternatives to Medicare. They're called Part C when it comes to Medicare Advantage. But don't mistake that and think that it is truly a part of original Medicare. It's really just marketing, calling it Part C. It is not from the original or it's not from the government and it's not part of original Medicare. It is something completely separate. And briefly, just to talk about how Medicare Advantage plans work, I will quote Medicare.gov on this because I do think they do a pretty good job summarizing it. So a Medicare Advantage plan is another way to get your Medicare Part A and Part B coverage. Medicare Advantage plans are sometimes called Part C, and they are offered by Medicare-approved private companies that must follow rules set by Medicare. If you join a Medicare Advantage plan, you'll still have Medicare, but you'll get most of your Part A and Part B coverage from your Medicare Advantage plan, not original Medicare. So again, Medicare takes a back seat in this case, and now the Medicare Advantage plan is in charge of administering your Medicare and in charge of overseeing really all of your care as far as medical coverage goes. 
But something important just to point out there, and we're going to go into that next here, is that you're still paying for your original Medicare, even though you're receiving your services elsewhere. Cameron's going to walk through the financial yep. part of it because this really gets people hung up. They think they can just take that free, potentially Medicare Advantage plan and not pay the government any longer. And that's not true. So he'll walk you through right here. Although it's an alternative to Medicare, it certainly doesn't mean you're going to avoid paying for your Medicare. So for the most part, there are some plans. I know people out there will say, well, there's give back plans or whatever. You can get some reduction in Part B. Yes, that is the case in certain areas of the country and they can be more competitive. But just generally speaking, once you have an Advantage plan, you are going to continue to pay the $170.10 per month minimum for Medicare Part B. And then something else that's unique in addition to that, and people always wonder, how is Medicare Advantage no additional premium typically? Well, that is because Medicare and CMS, they're actually funding the insurance companies once you enroll into a Medicare Advantage plan. So if you enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan, they will fund an insurance company at least $1,000 a month or typically around $1,000 per month just to have you in that plan. So yes, it is to you, it is zero additional premium. However, the reason that's happening is on the back end, the government is directly funding insurance companies to offer these plans. You all know there's no free lunch. There's no free lunch. Now, again, this does not mean it is bad in any way. It's just people always say, what's the catch? And right. there's not really a catch. It's just the funding on the back end you don't see. And then once that is done, so once you enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan, it becomes your bundled alternative to Medicare, which means all of your services, typically Part A, Part B, and Part D, all fall into that one Medicare Advantage plan. And that's why it's conveniently called Part C often. So billing is totally different with this. So instead of, remember the first time we talked about Medigap, the bills went directly to original Medicare. And then they went over to the Medicare supplement company second after right the crossover occurred. Well, not for Medicare Advantage. So with Medicare Advantage, you do have to upfront ask that specific doctor, facility, location, surgical center, et cetera. You need to ask them, do you take the XYZ Medicare Advantage plan? If they say no, that means you can't have your services perform them or you could be out of network. Okay. So you got to be careful with that. In this case, your bill is going to go directly to the Medicare Advantage company. Okay, and they're going to pay their portion, and you're going to typically have a copay for services rendered. And you're going to often have what's a little different with than original Medicare is you're going to have one ID card. Okay, you're going to have one ID card from the Medicare Advantage company, and you're going to use that with everything. Okay, so again, the bill's going directly to that insurance company, which is very different than going directly to original Medicare. Yeah, and with that, so like Joanne just mentioned, because you are asking if a doctor or hospital accepts your specific Medicare Advantage insurance company, you really do have to keep in mind networks when it comes to Medicare Advantage plans. So we don't want right. to scare you and say a network is going to lock you into one doctor and one hospital for the rest of your life. It's simply not the case. I know HMOs have a really dirty connotation to it for a lot of people, but there are networks that can be small, just a few counties. There are statewide networks, there's regional networks. So maybe the whole Midwest is part of your network. And then there's also even national networks. So I'm not saying every provider in the country you have access to in Medicare Advantage. However, there are in-network providers that you may be able to find either within counties or up to the size of the whole country. So it's just important to understand your network and what you're comfortable with when it comes to finding Medicare Advantage plans. But some people think that they can get out of network obligations because you may hear people say, well, just get a PPO plan. You know, you can go wherever you want. You have out-of-network coverage. Don't worry about it. 
Well, it's really not that simple, unfortunately. So this is a direct quote from a Medicare Advantage PPO coverage document. So this is a plan in Michigan, and this is what they say about out-of-network care when it comes to a PPO. So it says, as a member of our plan, you can choose to receive care from out-of-network providers. However, and this is a very big however, please note providers that do not contract with us are under no obligation to treat you except in emergency situations. So that is not the same freedom you have with a Medicare supplement plan or Medigap, where you can go to any provider that takes Medicare. Instead, you have to find a provider out of the network that does take Medicare, and they are willing to see you on an out-of-network basis. And then we're back to prior authorization again. Managed care and prior authorization. What are those connections? This is from Kaiser Family Foundation. So what they say is optimally... Prior authorization deters patients from getting care that is not truly medically necessary, which does reduce the cost for both the insurers and the enrollees. Prior authorization requirements can also create hurdles and hassles for beneficiaries and their physicians and may limit access to both necessary and unnecessary care. So the point of prior authorization is it's well-intended because people do overuse services, okay? So, you know, when you have preventative services and things like that, there's not going to be prior authorization. But when you get into you know, clinical studies and things that are expensive, there can be overuse. So some of these things Mm -hmm. may come into your world and that's not a bad thing necessarily. So you just want to be, you want to know as you head in and to enroll into these contracts that you could be faced with this based on your health. Okay. But don't be scared of it. Just know they can exist and you can get involved with prior authorization. Yeah, very likely at some point you're going to run into prior authorization issues with Medicare Advantage. Again, that's not a deterrent. It's just a simple fact that you have to be aware that that is a a limitation or really a a guideline that your plan follows. So I know we've had people where in skilled nursing facilities, especially if you're in there every single week, the plan is trying to see if you are authorized to keep continuing your care. So instead of just kind of staying there as long as necessary, the plan will keep checking in and say, okay, do you need to be here? Do you need to be here? And they may end up, your care can be cut short because again, your plan has to keep authorizing it. Whereas original Medicare, you can typically stay there a little bit longer. So what we just talked about, it sounds like a lot of negatives and we're just saying don't do Medicare Advantage. But again, that is not at all the case. We just want you to know what is out there and what you will have to look out for when you do have a Medicare Advantage plan. But in addition to that, you do get a lot of extra benefits that are not covered by original Medicare like we talked about with the Medigap plan. So it's very common nowadays, especially in the last couple of years, to see Medicare Advantage plans include really at no extra cost dental coverage, routine vision coverage, routine hearing, gym memberships, prescriptions, and even more benefits. So that is one of the big advantages of Medicare Advantage plans is you get a lot of extra benefits that Medicare itself does not cover. And you do, you get lots of extra benefits. However, be careful with what you see on TV, okay? When we think of extra benefits, everyone can think of Joe Namath, right? Lighting up the TV lines or JJ Walker, things like that. So it's not all glorious like you see on TV completely. So we wanna kind of bring a balance to all of this. Yeah, it's very, very easy to say free this, free that, zero dollars. You know, of course, that makes for a flashy advertisement or spokesperson. But just keep in mind, we always highlight this when you see advertisements on TV, especially in the fall, they are usually either using somebody that is on Medicaid, which gets a lot of extra benefits that most people on Medicare themselves don't get. Or what they do is they take a very specific plan in a very specific part of the country, you know, maybe Miami County or South Florida with the perfect benefits. And then they advertise it to everybody and they say, you may be eligible for this. 
you know, technically you are eligible or you may be eligible, but they have no idea where you live. They just want you to call in. So right. yes, there are extra benefits. It's not a secret. They are a great add-on to Medicare Advantage plans, but they're certainly not as perfect as a TV. Right. Right. <laughs> so be, be careful, be careful, be careful. So average monthly cost with the Medicare Advantage plan. Again, remember most people are paying that base premium to the government, the $170.10, which you're going to pay with a Medicare Advantage plan. And then the average monthly cost for a Medicare Advantage plan in the United States is $19. Okay, so add those two things together, $191.10 out the door. That's the 2022 national average. So again, people that are healthy, that could be a, a nice price point for many, many people. And it's very likely that you will still actually pay nothing for a Medicare Advantage plan. And when I say nothing, again, that's nothing in addition to the $170 you're paying to the government. So Kaiser Family Foundation, they say the average premium for 2022 was $19 per month. However, in a similar study, they did find that 65% of Medicare Advantage enrollees are actually paying no premium in addition to their Part B premium. And again, the reason this is all possible is because you are paying the government your Part B premium still, and they are directly funding insurance companies on the back end to take the risk off of themselves so that they are the ones administering your Medicare benefits in the form of Medicare Advantage. Okay, and then we're back to pros and cons. This time, Medicare Advantage pros and cons. I'll do the pros. So the pros are, can't deny this one, right? Low monthly premium, potentially, potentially zero. That's you can't get lower than zero, right? Actually, you can with the givebacks, but we're not going to go there either. But low monthly premiums, extra benefits. Again, there's dental, vision, hearing, over the counter, gym memberships potentially. They're all different. Okay, they're not not that all plans are going to come with all those things, but you know you can look for extra benefits in the plan that you enroll in. And prescription drug coverage is included. A lot of people, if you don't take prescription medications, that's a nice feature. And you do have a maximum out of pocket. I think it's really important to people that they understand that there is always a maximum out of pocket. Legal limit is seven thousand five hundred fifty dollars. At least you have a maximum cap. Okay, that's really important. So, anybody out there listening potentially with just Part A and Part B with Medicare, go get a Medicare Advantage plan next year when you can do that. Go get one because then at least you have some sort of cap to your financial obligations should you get very ill. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge thing to mention. So, with that being said, the pros, of course, we have to talk about the cons just like we did with the Medigap plans. And the first one is you have a network of providers. You know, this is kind of a con that's as big or as little as you make it. If you're happy with a small number of doctors and you really don't venture outside of that, I mean, you might not even notice you have a network. But if you do want to have flexibility to go wherever, network of providers can certainly be a con. And as well as the network, which can fluctuate yearly and, you know, doctors come and go, not just the doctors come and go, but your whole contract of a Medicare Advantage plan is really just a yearly contract. So if you like certain copays or certain benefits one year, just understand that they're not guaranteed to continue for the next year. So being a yearly contract, you'll always want to stay up to date and check with your agent to make sure that your Medicare Advantage plan still fits your needs for the next year. In addition to that, of course, we talked about it plenty, but there's managed care and prior authorization that comes with Medicare Advantage plans. It is typically on the higher cost procedures, but at some point, you'll likely run into Medicare Advantage prior authorization. And then lastly, although there is a maximum out of pocket, it can be pretty high for a lot of people. So the very, very max is 7550 some areas of the country, it can be super low, you know, $1,000 for the year. But I would say just on average, you're probably looking at about four to $6,000 with a maximum out-of-pocket with Medicare Advantage. So now after everything we just talked about, you're probably thinking, well, hey, Medicare Advantage sounds pretty good. I'm pretty healthy. I'm just going to do that. And then I'll just change to Medigap once I need it later, you know, once my health gets a little bit worse or something comes up and I need more coverage. 
Well, it's not really that easy. Unfortunately, you can't just change right when your health worsens or when you do need more coverage, because what happens is you do have to qualify typically through medical underwriting if you want to switch to a Medigap plan in the future to a Medicare Advantage plan. But because we are talking about your transition to Medicare, typically, the most important time to buy a Medigap policy or the most important time to consider buying a Medigap policy is during your Medigap open enrollment period. And this is a period that lasts for six months and begins on the first day of the month. You're both 65 or older and enrolled in Medicare Part B. This is basically the time where you can get any Medigap plan of your choice without health questions or restrictions, and the insurance company can't deny you coverage when you do it during your Medigap open enrollment. So again, just to talk about that timeline, it's when you're 65 and older for the first time. So if you're signing up for Medicare right at age 65, your Medigap open enrollment is the six months when you first start Medicare. Or if you're over 65, you know, if you're starting Part B of Medicare after retiring, then your Medigap open enrollment would begin after you start Part B at whatever age you are past age 65. And again, that that period will continue for six months from when you first start Part B and you're age 65 or older. Now, there are some states that have different rules when it comes to Medigap open enrollment or Medigap enrollment periods. So we will list those in the description, but it's too many to talk about right now. So just keep in mind, all of these things are state specific. So make sure that you know the rules for your specific state. And I'm going to continue this and just talk about the final recap here, talking about Medigap versus Medicare Advantage. So when it comes to networks, Medigap plans give you the freedom to seek treatment from providers and facilities around the country that accept original Medicare. Medicare Advantage plans, on the other hand, they typically are HMO or PPO plans that require you to see in-network providers for the lowest cost share or out-of-pocket costs. When it comes to cost and coverage, Medigap plans typically have a higher monthly premium with lower out-of-pocket potential, whereas Medicare Advantage, of course, have a lower monthly premium with a higher potential out-of-pocket cost. Extra benefits are more prevalent with Medicare Advantage plans. You're going to find a lot more dental, vision, hearing, and other benefits included, whereas Medigap plans, that's really not going to be as common. Medigap plans do not typically require prior authorization. It is very rare and only for a select few services, whereas Medicare Advantage, it can be much more common to have prior authorization with that managed care style of plan. And as well as that, you would have referrals that could be necessary with Medicare Advantage. I will say referrals really aren't that common anymore with Medicare Advantage, mostly with PPO plans. And then even HMO plans are getting away from referrals more and more. Now, some plans will, of course, require them, but just don't panic and think just because you have an HMO, you'll automatically have to get referrals for every service. And then again, with Medigap, referrals are very uncommon and not necessary at all when it comes to seeing other specialists. And then last but not least, prescription coverage is included with Medicare Advantage plans. So you're not going to have a separate Part D policy. And then with Medicare supplement plans or Medigap plans, you will not have prescription drug coverage typically included. So you'll have to get a separate Part D plan. So thank you, everyone, for stopping by to hear about Medicare Advantage versus Medigap plans. Again, we are Giardini Medicare. We can help you with your transition to Medicare, help you find the plan that fits your needs. You can give us a call at 248-871-7756. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Transition to Medicare podcast. To find more Medicare-related information from us, you can search Giardini Medicare on YouTube or visit our website at gmedicareteam.com. 